Hello, and welcome to BISA Industry Trend Watch podcast. Good to have you with us today. Industry Trend Watch is a monthly series with industry leaders discussing trends in the financial institutions channel. Productivity trending is provided by our bankchannelresearch.com portal, an interactive tool that reports on channel performance based on data collected monthly from over 50 financial institutions. In addition to industry trends, you will hear our guests provide their perspectives on the evolving strategic initiatives that are driving success and enabling our channel to better compete in the broader financial services industry. But first, we'd like to thank Ameriprise for making these podcasts possible. And as a show of appreciation, let's please listen to this brief message. This is Chris Melton, National Director of the Ameriprise Financial Institutions Group. Ameriprise Financial Institution Group is a proud sponsor of the BISA Monthly Industry Trending Podcast Series. With more than 25 years of experience and knowledge in serving the investment program needs of local banks and credit unions, Ameriprise Financial Institution Group brings a depth of understanding as well as investment capabilities to help clients and members feel more confident, connected, and in control of their financial life. We look forward to learning more about your financial institution and sharing how a successful investment program can be a competitive advantage. Call us at 800-679-1237 or visit us at Ameriprise.com slash AFIG. Securities offered by Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Not federally insured, no financial institution guarantee, may lose value. Thank you. Hello, I am Scott Stathis and welcome to BISA Industry Trend Watch for part two of our discussion about the importance of protecting client assets. So we recorded part one during Life Insurance Awareness Month. We are out of Life Insurance Awareness Month, but one of the things we talked about in part one was the importance of not just having one month for Life Insurance Awareness, but doing it all year because helping clients protect their assets is critical. We left off with a discussion on the importance of educating clients uh, about life insurance. And we referenced in that segment of the discussion using life insurance for wealth transfer. So that's where we're going to continue part two. So Bob, let me pass it to you and then we'll get going. Thanks a lot, Scott. And welcome again to everybody. Um, this is the uh, pumpkin spice uh, edition, and we're going right into it with the gentleman that brought up, don't let insurance be the pumpkin spice of clients financial plan with Ryan from Ameriprise. Ryan, life insurance always gets associated with death benefits. And as Scott said, we're talking about wealth transfer. How can it be used as a tool for wealth accumulation, asset protection, and wealth transfer? Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. So, I'll start off with from a, a wealth accumulation standpoint. I think when clients are, you know, considering, you know, how they're going to draw income in retirement, I think a lot of clients think of, you know, or they envision receiving distributions from sort of some of the more common investment vehicles, such as you know, pensions or IRAs or annuities or 401ks, you know, however, you know, these sources do have a lot of withdrawal restrictions or contribution restrictions based on income levels or age or you know, sometimes they cause un unwanted taxable events you know, when clients make withdrawals. Life insurance really, I think, can be a valuable tool in, in helping supplement that, that retirement income for, for wealth accumulation or for income distributions later on in life because they're, they offer so many different options for clients. They offer choice and flexibility. They have tax advantages um, and opportunity to grow their cash value within a product that aligns with sort of their income goals and risk tolerances. 
flexibility with freedom for funding and withdrawal limits based on their age and in, you know, without any, without age or income. You know, and of course, the tax advantages of insurance, the combination of that tax deferred growth on their assets, you know, the tax free income, income tax free transfers. It's really a combination of a lot of different things that allow life insurance to be a, a supplemental part of a retirement plan, I think, for, you know, for clients. In this environment of uncertainty and concerns about the impact of income taxes, you know, life insurance continues to offer security and protection that it's always provided. Product designs, properly structured life insurance portfolio, in my mind, really helps mitigate investment risk and maximizes you know, long-term after-tax returns for clients in, in, in ways that other product lines can't. And so we often see life insurance being utilized as sort of a separate asset class within a diversified portfolio for, for a lot of clients. And that makes a lot of sense because taxes are really something that everyone is concerned about. And if we can use life insurance to protect assets that would be spent down for tax purposes, what could be better than that? Uh, DJ, I was wondering, you know, protecting assets, spending down for uninsured events, that's kind of part with part of what insurance does, especially in, the, in terms of long-term care and things of that nature. So this whole wealth transfer protection side, there's a lot of meat there. What are your thoughts? There is, Bob, and thanks for uh, the question there. You know, it's interesting when we, we work with uh, our members and clients every single day, there's so much from a tax perspective we need to consider. And again, uh, not providing tax advice, but tax guidance is really what we want to provide. You know, clearly, uh, state of California has high, you know, state taxes. And so if you're not talking about insurance, uh, you're definitely missing a big, big opportunity. I mean, you know, not to get into some of the weeds, but but clearly, um, you know, the, the wealth transfer or the wealth accumulation process can be easily, you know, when you, when you look at some of the solutions there, whether it's uh, an eyelet or some sort of wealth transfer of making contributions and, of course, having that go to the next generation, of course, a, a second to die policy or generation skipping. I mean, there's a lot of great solutions there that absolutely will transfer that wealth. And the other thing, too, is, is and we really haven't talked about this, is liquidity, you know, especially in the situation of, you know, one of the owners or even husband and wife passing away does provide some great liquidity to the estate that potentially could take care of taxes and some of the other liabilities that do come up. And that's a good point because a lot of people don't realize the other benefits of these policies, these cash value policies, you can get to the cash. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. And, and you know, I, I know many individuals that use it for, for loans, whether it's funding uh, college education or just, you know, uh, other expenses that come up in life. It's a great way to, again, have that, I guess, tax control and so as we're giving the uh, the tax guidance, uh, it definitely should be a part of that conversation. As many of you, you remember from our, our first um, part one of this series, Lisa Young is with us. She's our feet on the street. So Lisa, why don't you share with us some of your thoughts? You're right there on the front lines with clients. What about asset protection? What about wealth transfer? What about um, protecting assets? Yeah, there's a couple different things just to even think about it a little bit more simply because there are so many complexities to permanent life insurance. There's not only the ability to use it for asset distribution, for estate planning, for life insurance, long-term care, living benefits, et cetera. But one of the things that we talk to our clients about often is from a wealth accumulation standpoint, sometimes clients get very uncertain about the future and they want to make sure that their spouse or their family or their loved ones are taken care of. 
So oftentimes, if we are making sure they're taken care of with life insurance, that allows them to actually be a little bit more aggressive with their portfolio and a little bit less unsure because they'll have the ability to weather some of those storms. And if anything unexpected happens, we still have that life insurance. We're not relying on the portfolio to take care of those, those future needs. Um, it also allows from an asset protection standpoint, being able to give and tithe and leave a legacy and charitable giving a little more freely as well. Because oftentimes clients are uncertain about giving while they're living because they don't know what's going to happen to their portfolio and they want to make sure that they leave something to the kids. So often if we are utilizing life insurance, such as a survivorship policy, that allows the clients to do some more giving today, receive those tax deductions today, which helps lower their income, their lower their tax burden, and clients are always happy when they pay less taxes. So they feel a little more comfortable and secure giving while they're alive knowing that their legacy is still going to continue. You know, and words matter a lot. We always talk about wealth transfer. Look, the word gifting means so much more in this conversation. And we don't use that enough. And Jonathan, from a wealth management overall perspective, and again, we have Jonathan Allen on the panel today um, for, as the, the, the uh, representative from Westcom Financial who oversees the wealth program at, uh, at Westcom Credit Union. So Jonathan, your thoughts? As you said, Bob, words matter. And sometimes, you know, as we touched on early in the conversation, life insurance is, has historically been all around a death benefit. And I think there's so much more to that. And there are uh, a lot more creative ways to structure gifting programs through use of life insurance. Um, I know later in the discussion, we're going to talk about success stories too. And I think our case studies in, in which that has uh, ranked particularly true uh, to an individual. Appreciate that. Now, Ryan, we, we start off with you. Any closing thoughts before we move to the next question? There's a lot here between gifting and protecting assets and wealth transfer. No, I think we did a pretty good job of, of covering uh, all the bases there. All right. Well, then let's move to a little bit of a different angle with protection, because Scott's going to queue up a question that is a little bit different in terms of protection. But Again, it's along the lines of overall insuring customers' assets, and they're much more than the dollar assets that we're talking of, the, the accumulated wealth. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Um, you know, it dawns on me that a lot of our listeners and our audience uh, are in, in institutions that have insurance agencies that are not just life insurance, clearly, right? So we have personal liability insurance, uh, other property-based coverages, auto homeowners, et cetera. And we're talking about protecting clients' assets, right? Helping clients protect their assets. So those certainly come into play. Um, I think they're often left out, certainly by the average advisor out there. But if you think about the value of bringing them into the discussion, especially as it relates to an overall financial plan, it's vital, right? John, maybe you can maybe you can give us some insight and then we'll pass it around. How do you guys, because you do have that, right? You have other lines of insurance there. How do you guys work that into the big picture? Do you have advisors that are really good about bringing that discussion forward relative to protecting assets and working all of that into a comprehensive financial plan? 
Yeah, it's a it's a good question. And and I would just say historically in working in the wealth management space for financial institutions all my life, we tend to see some of the property casualty specialists as competition uh, because we know those firms pivoted perhaps a couple of decades ago and traditional PNC agents entered into the life and health space. I remember that many, many years ago almost 30 years ago when I obtained my California life and health and I saw PNC specialist uh, take an examination at that particular time. So those firms have been much more comprehensive in terms of how they deliver overall protection to include traditional life insurance and annuity solutions as well. And for that matter, well, other wealth management services in the securities business, um, Westcom, like many credit unions, have a very robust property casualty division. And we're fortunate enough at Westcom that that was really built into our DNA uh, many, many years ago as we acquired an agency and then subsequently acquired multiple agencies over time. And what I could tell you is our insurance agents uh, who work for the insurance, uh, the PNC side of the house are actively having discussions with members and, and prospects uh, around auto and home. We're simply filling that need in the in conjunction with doing an auto loan for them and or perhaps a home loan. And those conversations tend to shift a little bit to umbrella policies, overall protection of that individual's assets. And then after engaging those customers, perhaps at a deeper level, then the conversation moves to life and health as the relationship matures. That at least has been my experience that we're satisfying this basic need around auto or gap or homeowners insurance um, and then or perhaps renters or pet insurance and then it moves into a deeper discussion typically around umbrella for those that have perhaps a higher net worth and then as those conversations mature over time again they they tend to pivot to life and health we've developed a great working relationship with our dedicated insurance specialist on the wealth side and in turn on the property casualty side to deepen, once those conversations start to deepen and they become a bit more complex, the financial advisors partner with those life insurance uh, and property casualty life and health agents to then deliver those life insurance solutions. It, it's a nice partnership that we have. The financial advisors are branch-based for the most part with, with the exception of a few of them that are second story or hub-based. And our insurance specialists, although they're assigned to geographic regions, they all work remotely. Uh, so we've been able to kind of partner um, based on this, I guess, team-based or cluster approach uh, with dedicated assignment uh, to those particular offices. I might ask DJ to further talk about that collaboration and how the branch-based FAs have been able to partner and vice versa, uh, where opportunities uh, are are shared with our wealth management team. Sure, Jonathan, why don't I, I go a little bit deeper and and actually uh, just for the listeners on on this uh, podcast, they can kind of understand a little bit more about the structure. So if we actually go within the branch structure, uh, we have what we call uh, member service representatives. So these are credit union employees that actually sit within our space, engaging members on a daily basis. We take the uh, the ones that are the most experienced, uh, the most uh, eager and career based that want to move into this direction. And so we, we basically have these individuals, uh, they're called MSR3s, and they'll typically pick a path, either uh, financial services, 
or they want to go to the property casualty side. So when a member does come into our credit union, they are immediately engaged by these MSRs. They do a great job. They start the profiling. They start the conversation. And really, uh, they're looking for either, again, uh, helping to generate wealth or potentially uh, protection. So that's what they're looking to do and start that conversation. Clearly, when that conversation becomes more specific, uh, more detailed, uh, then, of course, a specialist is brought in, which is either the financial advisor or, as Jonathan said, an insurance specialist that is brought in to, to again, uh, dig a little bit deeper into the overall financial plan. So it truly is meeting the member where they want to do business and starting that conversation. So every one of our 24 offices has this representative plan and, and of course, blueprint for engaging the members. So a little bit more on the specifics there of how that's set up. But you just said something that, that I'd like to dig into a little bit. You said they every one of your representatives have the blueprint. So is the blueprint basically the construct for the discussion? Just give us a little insight into what that blueprint is. Sure. And, and you know, it's interesting, as, as Jonathan said, we've had this uh, this program in place for many, many years, and it's been extremely successful, uh, not only from the, the blueprint of a member coming in and, of course, uh, us engaging them through the process, but our MSRs uh, on either side, whether it's on the property casualty side or on the investment side, actually are writing business. They're sitting down, they're going through that profiling process. So so that blueprint works specifically well. Now that, that blueprint also works for career advancement and moving up. Uh, many of these individuals uh, through their career decided, you know, I can see wealth management be a, a pathway for me. And so from the time they join the credit union, there is an opportunity to pathway up through that whole process. And of course, the profiling process, the engagement process is very, very similar to the advisor. So we're using that same, I guess, call it blueprint to, again, consistently deliver great service to the members. And of course, uh, you know, again, it's it's been very, very successful. Uh, right now, from a PNC standpoint, we have close to 40 individuals that are within the offices that are licensed. And then, of course, on the wealth management side, we have 23. So that is, you know, call it well over 60 individuals that are gauging our members every single day in one of these conversations. It would probably be an entire podcast to talk about the success of that traditional LBE program, um, because it, it, it's not something that you could just create tomorrow. It's it's a legacy program that we modified over time, but I think that's where this blueprint discussion comes in. It's an expectation. It's written into job descriptions, performance management, coaching, all of that is derived. But as DJ touched on, it's also become a really strong bench for us. We've had individuals move full-time into the PNC business as a result of their success in the branches, their desire and aptitude to career path into insurance. And we've certainly had a number of success stories on the wealth management side for those. Ryan, let me uh, let me pass the same thing to you because you look at, at this or your perspective is from a, a number of your client organizations, right, that may or may not be leveraging the benefits of, of talking about comprehensive uh, asset protection, especially as it relates to some of these other, you know, insurance products. So what do you see out there when you're looking at the most successful programs? Yeah, and, and my focus in, in, in my career has always been around, you know, the insurance side of things. Um, but we've worked with a number of advisors who, you know, work in this space. And, you know, these lines of business, the, you know, the, the P's and C's, the, you know, the disability insurance, those kind of things, you know, they're really sort of table stakes for a lot of clients. You know, they're a starting point as, you know, I think DJ was just discussing. Oftentimes the conversation starts around these types of, these types of 
solutions, the types of products, um, the need for the clients to start off with, you know, some of the more basic insurance type needs. And those conversations often then morph into the opportunity to have discussions around other opportunities. So you know, it's really a starting point to discuss in my mind, sort of so, some of the protection needs. And oftentimes should be the first thing in a plan because the, these can sometimes be the most catastrophic, I think, for a lot of a lot of clients. Uh, let me pass it back to you, John, just to, to finish up your thought, but also make a, a quick comment before you do that my guess is, and you tell me if this is the case, that when you're working with, and you're a credit union, so in your case, members, when you're working with members um, this comprehensively, and I say that I'm referring to all the different products we, we've been discussing, the final result is you're managing a lot more of their assets, right? They, you're, you're engendering trust. That relationship ends up being much more profitable to the institution, but also much more beneficial to the to the member. So it's, there's a win-win there. It's a deeper dive. Um, so again, just let me pass it back to you to finish up your your, your thoughts on that. And, and, and uh, our listeners, forgive us for the technical issues we have some time, but, but uh, I want to give you an opportunity to finish that up. And then Lisa, I'd like to get your thoughts on the subject. So John? Um, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And that when we we look at overall uh, connectivity to our members, retention, uh, what we call engagement, which is how many products and services that they're using with the credit union. Uh, we have some of the highest retention rates for those members that have an active uh, insurance relationship with us. And not a surprise, uh, those that have wealth management services and also have a mortgage. So those tend to be the, uh, the relationships that tend to provide uh, the most stickiness, if you will. Yeah. My comment a little bit and what we've learned on the wealth management side from our partners on the PNC side is the importance of doing insurance reviews. So we are religious about sending notifications to our members to conduct insurance reviews on a, on a biannual basis. And it's led to almost 95% retention rates in the PNC side, which is actually quite strong. Um, there's yeah. a lot going on in the insurance business these days. It's a very difficult business. There's a lot of competition. Insurance carriers have pulled out of various states, including California and Florida, as a result of some of the, the disasters that have occurred and the cost of conducting business. But yet we've maintained this 95% retention rate. And I think a lot of that is a result of really the, the comprehensive nature in which we conduct the business and being religious about these policies reviews. And so just a just a comment for all the wealth management listeners around the importance of that ongoing communication with policyholders around doing reviews. And that's what's led to deeper relationships with these members as well. Yeah, that's so critical and such a great point. Policy reviews are such a valuable tool. And you know, you're in California, which is not an easy state for this kind of stuff right now. Bob's in Florida and that's just as bad. And we have a client in Texas that is just really struggling as well. So yeah, uh, totally get that. And good job. 95% retention is very impressive. Uh, cool. All right, Lisa, <laughs> I know I, you have thoughts. I see you shaking, nodding your head and everything else. It's like, yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're getting all this. <laughs> Well, I, I agree a lot with what Jonathan had to say about when you integrate other different value adds to the client, that client retention just rises. And we have found that if clients have other products and services with us, such as insurance, that that client retention is much, much higher. Um, we at Rise, we don't sell property and casualty. We don't sell home and auto and any of those kinds of things, but we do make sure we do a review of it. And then we partner with some business partners 
to have that reviewed in more detail to make sure that they have the proper coverage, the right type of coverage, all those kinds of things. But I speak about it in almost all of my meetings. And one of the reasons is because it goes in tandem with life insurance. And the reason being is because it clients give a lot of thought to that deductible of their home and auto. They think about it, they talk about it, they talk about it with their friends. They really give a lot of consideration. But what it boils down to is the risk tolerance of that client. So when you have a client that has a zero deductible on their home and auto, that tells us they don't like risk. They don't want to co-insure something. They don't want to feel as though they're going to have a potential of something out of pocket. They're risk adverse and that scares them a little bit. So when I'm then talking to them about long-term care, I'm not going to talk to them about a longer deductible. I'm not going to talk to them about co-insuring a large percentage of it because it's not in their nature. But if I have somebody that says they have a large deductible, I know they're comfortable with a little bit more of that risk. And I know that then as I do some different product designs that we can factor that in a little bit differently so that that finding out their risk tolerance, I think is super important. Great, great points. Just, you know, looking, looking at their deductible as an indication of risk tolerance, right. And, and uh, having the conversation accordingly. Well, let, let us keep you front and center here because Bob has a question that I think is, uh, is one that, that maybe you're just a perfect first lead off person for. So Bob, back to you. I, I will get to that in one second, but I, I'm sitting on my hands here because I heard the head of wealth for Westcom say, don't forget your umbrella. And, and that's what it's about. We're talking about protection as a concept, not as a product. And protection runs the gamut. It's a service. You're providing a service. So thankfully, this conversation, a lot of listeners are getting that point that it's not about life insurance. It's not about homeowners insurance. It's about protecting someone's assets and looking at their financial plan. Where are the holes? Where are the gaps? What can protection do to save, grow, and protect your assets? So, you know, I, I just I just love this conversation. Protection as a concept. He also threw out to us, Mr. Mr. Allen, that we need to do a future podcast about LBEs, the platform, and the blueprint to success. So yeah. Listeners, there will be a podcast on that. Stay tuned. Now to our next question. Our listeners also always want to hear about what's working, what has been successful. So let's go around the room and start with Lisa about some success stories. Lisa, I'm sure you have a dozen of them. Give us give us one. There's a lot of really cool things that that I can talk through the strategy and go, that was really cool. We're going to be able to leave more to a family. We're going to be able to donate more. Um, one of the success stories from a here and now was we had a client that got a very large contract and was going to be able to do some gifting today to reduce their tax burden, but didn't want to reduce the legacy. So we replaced that with life insurance. So that really helped the client today. But the one that came to mind that was really the most meaningful is we had a client that purchased some permanent life insurance for income replacement and social security replacement 
just a modest policy, nothing too crazy. We decided to add the long-term care rider on it just in case. Uh, the client really wasn't interested in doing long-term care planning, but agreed that we'll add that on just in case, even though likely he'll never need it. Two years later, he was disabled. So two years later, he wasn't able to do long-term care planning because unfortunately, um, he had some disabilities and not only was uninsurable, but was going to be towards end of life much, much sooner. And when I say that, meaning in his early 60s. So when you've got a client that you are helping in a way that gives them that asset protection in the event something happens, having, having some of those other living benefits on there are really important. So now they'll be able to use that policy for some care if needed while still leaving a death benefit to his family. But what was most, most interesting about this particular case is the client had called wanting to know, hey, I don't know if I really need this policy anymore. Maybe I should just cash it out. And fortunately, the advisor talked the client out of doing that. And it, it wasn't too much later, they found out he was disabled. And so I think really helping clients understand what they have. But that's the important piece with permanent life insurance is the fact that it's multifaceted. So it is life insurance, but there's more to it. You can have riders on it to be able to use for long-term care, chronic illness. You can have the ability to pull cash out income tax-free. So there's those living benefits as well as a death benefit, and it can ebb and flow. When I'm doing planning with a client, I don't ever like to recommend a product or a solution that is single faceted, meaning if their situation changes, we now have to do something different. I like giving them something that grows with them. And as their world changes, we can then just utilize it in a different way. That's a great story. And I don't know how many times customers always call in saying, I really don't need this any longer. I recently did that with my property and casualty carrier. I said, do I really need this umbrella? I ended up getting off the phone with another million on it because they said, well, what's your retirement worth? What if somebody trips and falls in front of your house or something? You want to protect more than the assets. And, well, my kids don't drive it. I'm, my kids have their own auto policies now. I don't need it. Yes, you you might need more. And, and Lisa, that is just the perfect way of just turning that whole situation around. DJ, I'm sure you have similar a similar success story to share with the audience. I do. And and first of all, just a, a plug for, for Scott and, and you, Bob. I know at Westcom, you know, we went through some changes with our insurance structure and how it was working or not working. And of course, I appreciate your assistance and support in finding the right partner for us because that's really where it starts. And so, uh, as you know, we we did a kind of a structural support change and and last year and found the right partner. Um, pleased to share that we it, it just had a, a great success recently. So I'll just quickly share it. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Policy review was brought up earlier on the call, and that's where the success did come from. So, one of my advisors that's in our Culver City office. Uh, recently did a policy review for a member. So this individual is 72 years old, uh, policies around 850,000. They were paying uh, $1,400 a month for this policy. Now, this individual is 72. So clearly they're at the point where they are retired. Uh, there's been 1,400 going out from her monthly budget. 
So basically in this policy review, here's what we were able to accomplish and it is a UL policy. Basically through this process, we basically took this existing policy, we're able to uh, guarantee the death benefit, which is 850,000. Also, uh, the member is not uh, going to be paying into the policy from this point going forward. And then we now have 1400 now going back into her monthly expenses. And then of course, still protecting her and her family for the purposes of the death benefit. So great story. It was a, uh, a UL policy through again, the policy review process. And so these are just one of the, the many successes that are starting to happen. And again, I think policy review is probably a, a great way to add a ton of value. And, and you now have a client for life, becoming a trusted advisor, really helping a client uncover things of that nature and just make their lives better. That's what we're all about. We're making people's lives better. And I think that's what we're protect and grow assets is all about. Jonathan, um, from your perspective at, you know, at the top of the ladder in the organization, I'm sure you have a different way of talking about success. Well, I think DJ just pointed out a sort of in the trenches success story where it was just a win-win for everybody involved. But I think um, what he alluded to in making this change in terms of how, how we're supporting our life insurance partnerships throughout the organization I think what, what we've learned is it's uncovered additional opportunities. It's how our our specialists are engaging members in discussions. And one that I think comes to mind, we tend to work with a lot of pre-retirees and as they're making decisions around rolling over their 401k and what to do with their pension. And a lot of times when you start to engage these customers in matters related to insurance, they'll say, I'm covered, I'm good. You know, they don't want to talk about it. They say, I have it already. And what they're generally referring to is their group policy, right? The policy that they have through their employer. And as soon as you start to talk to them a little bit about the fact that that's not portable, that once you leave your employer, no longer covered. And and it, it surprises people quite a bit because they've had that comfort level and knowing that, uh, you know, I have insurance for one or two or even three or four times their pay. But as soon as they leave the organization and retire, they need to make some tough decisions around what is the right amount? What do I do in terms of placing permanent coverage? And I think just uh, the advisors are starting to have those conversations. And I think it's uh, it's been eye-opening for them. DJ touched on policy review, but there's another area as we're working with uh, pre-retirees in anticipation of their retirement, having discussions around permanent insurance has been, it's a natural lead in for, uh, for people that are retiring. Well, and it's all about client education. And, you know, that's what you're, you're, you're demonstrating in that, that success is educating the client and ensuring their financial wellness. You know, that's really what our goal is in this business. I know we're, we're, um, we're getting short on time. Somebody just, on that note, unfortunately, pass the baton to Scott because we've got one more question to go here. One more question, then we can have a little bit of fun. Um, the industry is constantly evolving, right? The the uh, and products are constantly evolving. So, uh, Lisa, you 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 clearly are creative in your use of protection pr products. Is, are there any recent trends? Any recent innovations with life insurance and other types of protection products that our listeners should be aware of? There's a couple. One is the utilization of those living benefits that we've talked about in other questions in the podcast here today. But probably the most that we are seeing recently is the combination of life insurance with charitable remainder trusts. 
and utilizing those together. So what we're seeing is clients with either highly appreciated stock that they don't want to sell to avoid those gains is we'll then use those highly appreciated stock. We'll put it in a charitable remainder trust. That charitable remainder trust then generates an income. That income we then use to fund life insurance to replace the value of the stock that went in. So by doing that, not only are we taking an asset that would have been a tax consequence if we sold, so we're mitigating some taxes on that realm, we are satisfying some charitable needs that the clients have. But additionally, we're still being able to leave an asset to their beneficiaries. The only difference is we're leaving it in tax-free life insurance versus a taxable asset. But that whole time, the added bonus is then when the year that they do that or can be distributed over five years, the client gets a tax deduction for the contribution into that charitable remainder trust. So it's a pretty cool strategy that we can use. So a combination of just talking a lot more about those living benefits, long-term care riders, things like that, but also the integration to do some tax planning, charitable giving uh, via charitable remainder trusts is something we're seeing a lot more of here at RISE. That's very cool. Great job with the tax protection too. Jonathan, DJ, any uh, any other innovations that you see that our listeners should be aware of? You know, Scott, DJ? something I'll, I'll just kind of weigh in on as it relates to, uh, you know, talking about insurance. I know we've talked about as Lisa just mentioned, some of the more complex insurance that's out there. And so one of the things that we did at Westcom is not only, of course, solve for some of those complex situations, but also for the uh, the new individual that may be just starting out, buying a home and doing all this. And so we've actually uh, implemented, and there's definitely many carriers out there that offer uh, a simplified referral term solution. And so we've actually implemented that a few months ago in our system here, kind of surprising. Uh, but again, it, it just tells me that it's a market that we need to, that's been underserved and now we're serving extremely strongly. We've had 29 cases in the last three months that have been submitted as it relates to just uh, traditional basic term. And of those so far, uh, four have been put in place and others are in underwriting and kind of going through that process now. So I would just say, you know, from an institutional standpoint, looking at the more complex uh, solutions is great but also having a solution for some of the turnkey term solutions. And, and there's different companies and vendors that are out there. So it really puts the advisor in the driver's seat to say, you know, what direction are we going? Is this a more simplistic case or do I need uh, additional advanced planning uh, to be brought into the, to the conversation? One of the things that Bob and I know is that the usage of online portals for the simpler cases, especially the term cases, is becoming more and more relevant and, and, and more and more accepted. We're seeing some good traction on that side of the equation, too, because one size doesn't fit all, right? Um, so you have to have different delivery methodologies for different segments of your of your base. Uh, so interesting. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, any last thoughts in that regard? No, I don't have much to add there. I think it was um, Lisa and DJ sort of covered it. Thanks. Okay. N never mind then. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, so one one uh, quick comment. Ryan Eubanks had to um, jump off early, so we're not ignoring Ryan. He's just not here anymore with us. But we want to thank Ryan and Ameriprise for sponsoring the, this podcast series. So yeah, we're not we're not ignoring Ryan. He he just had to leave early. So Bob, pass it back to you for our last fun question, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have some fun with this because this is so anti-insurance. <laughs> What's the fastest speed you've ever driven in your car, Lisa? It's like a wrong question. <laughs> yeah, this is like, the, the, and that's why it's, it's even more fun this time. Well, there's a reason that I'm in the industry that I am is I am very risk adverse and I don't like taking risks. So therefore, I really am a speed limit girl, um, maybe just a couple, couple over. But uh, the fastest I ever went was... I remember going through Wyoming and I was going the speed limit, but man, I felt like I was going quick. So whatever the speed limit in Wyoming in those wide open spans was, uh, is probably the fastest I've ever been, but there's a reason I'm in this industry. I, I don't like risk. So there we go. I think that's one part of the country that doesn't have speed limits, but anyway, um, <laughs> DJ, DJ, <laughs> how fast can you go on, uh, I mean, I don't remember what the, the the highway is in California that you can't go more than twenty on. Well, you know, Bob, they they call it toll roads here, so people feel like if you're paying for the road, you can drive fast. So, you know, for me, I'm going to say about one fifteen in a car that I don't have anymore, but I'm going to say one twenty on a bike that I don't have anymore. So, I guess the the Ooh, thought wow. is when you hit when you hit those speeds, time to sell the vehicle, right? All right, yeah, that's, that's what I say. And Jonathan, when you pull out the Lamborghini, what's what are you going? Well, I, I would comment uh, if my insurance agent is listening that I also drive the speed limit on the road at all times, but I'm the exact opposite of Lisa. I'm a huge risk taker. And some of you know that I've been an amateur race car driver for the past 15 years. So I've had the pleasure of driving some very fast cars on the racetrack. And uh, I was thinking about this as you I was preparing for this question. The two cars that I've driven the fastest on the racetrack that were probably the most enjoyable uh, were a Ferrari 458 and a Nissan GTR. Those were probably the two fastest vehicles. And I drove both of them about 175 miles an hour on a racetrack. So that was, that was fast and, uh, but also fun. And those are two very high performance vehicles that I had a lot of fun driving on a closed track. Uh, there was a mic drop there because no one can beat that. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I feel like a total wimp. <laughs> okay. All right, Scott, it's your turn. I don't. I mean, I, uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, of cruise control, <laughs> and I usually set it about seven eight miles an hour above the speed limit. Uh, so I'm pretty good in that regard. And it's just from learning when I was young that tickets aren't worth getting, right? But uh, I'm guessing, you know, I've probably maybe pushed it to ninety ish when I'm like on a wide open highway or passing a truck. I don't want to be near or whatever. But I did just two weeks ago. Once a year, we have a, an annual guys mountain biking trip up to northern Vermont, and there are 11 of us. And so we carpool, uh, you know, it was a weekend on the way back. And the, the guy that was driving hit 100 on the on the way back from uh, Vermont through New Hampshire into Massachusetts. So I wasn't driving, but that was just a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, I say I wasn't driving. So if my insurance agent is listening, yeah, I wasn't driving. <laughs> what about you, Bob? Well, I'll go with the same disclosure. disclosure. If my insurance agent is listening i have not driven every car that i've owned through three digits because you just to hit 100 in every car you own 
<laughs> I have done that in every car I've owned. I've owned probably two dozen cars in my lifetime. So we'll just leave it at that. Which All one right. shook the most when you hit 100? Yeah. Oh, that was the Nissan Sentra. <laughs> okay. Understandable. <laughs> uh, well, I think we got to wrap things up real quickly here. So thanks again to our panel for the second time. You bear with us two times for this uh, this series of BISA Industry Trend Watch podcasts, and we thank Ameriprise as well. I always close with one of my top three. This, this uh, podcast is Don't Forget Your Umbrella. Give the gift of protection and follow, actually draft and follow a blueprint for client needs. Those are three things. Those are three takeaways that every one of our listeners should really think about. Your umbrella, the gift and blueprint, those three words. So again, thanks again to our panel. Let me just pass it to Scott. Yep. Thank you very much. And again, thank, thanks to BISA and thanks to Ameriprise for sponsoring. We appreciate you guys and all your contributions over these last two recordings. So thank you very much and goodbye, Scott, or goodbye, Bob, or goodbye, you guys. <laughs> thank you what? for listening and don't let insurance be the pumpkin spice of clients' financial planning. <laughs> That's a wrap. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of BISA Industry Trend Watch. And thanks to Ameriprise for their much appreciated support. Be sure to subscribe to our two other podcast series, Industry Leadership and Success, focused on industry-leading performance and success stories, and Untangling FinTech, aimed at helping you keep up with the evolution of technology offerings in our industry. Goodbye until next month.